The Joe Pomp Show is brought to you by U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. I hope everyone's having a great day so far. We got a lot to talk about today. The national championship was this past Monday. Michigan obviously beat Washington. It was a great game. But first and foremost, I want to give a huge shout out to whoever it was that decided to start this game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now, of course, the game started a few minutes after that, around 7.45 p.m., but this was the first game in a long time, the first big game in a long time. I can remember where it ended at 11 p.m. I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. I'm sure some of my friends out on the West Coast didn't enjoy it as much if they were getting off of work or whatever it is, but it's a step in the right direction. Maybe next year or the year after that or the year after that, we can get this game on a Saturday night so everyone can watch it in peace without worrying about sleep or work or anything else like that. But that's neither here nor there. Today, I want to talk about Pat McAfee and ESPN. You guys have heard a lot what's gone on over the last week. Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel, Pat, his bosses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to break it all down for you guys today and get into the details of the deal and why I don't think the Pat McAfee show is leaving ESPN anytime soon. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. But before we get into it, let's quickly hear from today's sponsors. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Winter can be a drag. Thankfully, we have sports to get us through the early part of the year. If you ask me, nothing goes together quite like food and sports, especially this time of year. I mean, we got football on, college and pro hoops, hockey. So let's just say I may be plopped down on my couch until the temperature hits the 80s again. And the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards. Whether you're watching your team with other super fans at a local eatery or in the comfort of your own living room. I know me personally, there's nothing better than ordering wings, sitting on my own couch, and watching sports. You can earn four times points when you dine out or have food delivered. I mean, those wings do sound pretty damn good. Plus, earn two times points at grocery stores. Maybe you want to cook the wings yourself. And if you're willing to brave the elements, even getting to the game can be rewarding, as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. So go to usbank.com altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply and live every day your way. Limited time offer. The creditor and issue of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. All right, so let's start with the obvious. I mean, Pat McAfee has dominated sports headlines over the last week. This all started when NFL quarterback, you guys know who he is, Aaron Rodgers, made a comment on the Pat McAfee show about Jimmy Kimmel hoping the Jeffrey Epstein list doesn't come out. Obviously, he was insinuating that Jimmy Kimmel would be on the list. And it ended with McAfee accusing a high-level ESPN executive of sabotaging his show on purpose. Here's a quick recap of what happened. Let's start with the obvious. During his regularly scheduled weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers said Jimmy Kimmel was hoping the Epstein list didn't come out. Jimmy Kimmel responded on Twitter or X or whatever you're calling it today by calling Rodgers a, quote, asshole, saying it was nonsense and threatening the NFL quarterback with a lawsuit if he continued to say stuff like he was saying. And last but not least, McAfee apologized the next day, claiming it was just a joke and Rodgers was saying it in response to Jimmy Kimmel calling him a tinfoil hatter. This set the internet on fire. Some people thought Disney CEO Bob Iger should step in and kick Aaron Rodgers off the show. 
while other people said it was fair game because Jimmy Kimmel makes a living telling jokes. Sports media columnist Andrew Marchand of the New York Post then released an article essentially saying Pat McAfee's early numbers at ESPN aren't all that great. You guys can go read the article in the New York Post, but the gist of the article is that McAfee is being handed an average audience of 583,000 viewers from Stephen A. Smith's show, First Take. That means at the end of Stephen A. Smith's show, there's 583,000 people on average watching that get handed over to Pat McAfee on ESPN because he's the next time slot. But the Pat McAfee show is only maintaining about 300,000 viewers, which is a 48% drop from First Take and Stephen A. Smith's show. Marchand also noted that McAfee's show on ESPN is down 12% compared to the same window last year. That window was SportsCenter. So again, year over year, this, the show that previously had McAfee's window on ESPN was SportsCenter. And his ratings are down 12% compared to SportsCenter last year. And Marchand also noted that McAfee rarely finishes contracts. This is a direct quote. He goes, can McAfee last in the Disney universe? McAfee never finishes contracts. He failed to with FanDuel, DAZN, Bet Online, SiriusXM, and WWE, to name a few. So on McAfee lasting the full five years on the ESPN contract, put us down for the under. Now, the viewership numbers that Marchand used in his article are public knowledge, but they didn't include Pat's viewership numbers on YouTube and social media and other things like that, which is obviously a big part of the equation too. So Pat got upset, mentioning the next day that ESPN executive Norby Williamson was trying to sabotage his show by leaking incorrect numbers to Marchand. This is a direct quote from Pat McAfee on his show later that week. He said, there are some people actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage our program. I'm not 100% sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information and then somehow gets that information leaked. And it's wrong. And then it sets a narrative of what our show is. Are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. So essentially what Pat was saying was that Norby Williamson, a high-level executive, which we'll get into at ESPN, leaked these numbers to Marshawn. Now, look, this is you know a little bit of hearsay at this point, but just so you guys are all aware how this works, Marshawn was using publicly available data for his analysis of the ratings. That data might have been a, middle, a little bit misleading because it did not include the social media metrics for McAfee. ESPN came out the following day and released a statement with all of the numbers, including his YouTube numbers, which we could argue are accurate or they're not. But that's what McAfee's trying to paint. He's trying to say that the full picture is when you include all the YouTube numbers. Someone else is giving these numbers to Marshawn and basically saying, hey, look, the viewership isn't that good. It's actually down compared to other shows that we had on the network. And he's losing a bunch of viewers compared to Stephen A. Smith's first take. Essentially trying to paint Pat McAfee and his show in a bad light by not including the full picture. Now, the Norby Williamson line was shocking to say the least. Many people who are dialed into the sports media space, like myself or maybe you, know that Williamson is often accused of leaking numbers outside of ESPN. I mean, this is his reputation at this point. I've heard it from several other people, and it's come up in the news several other times, too. He particularly does this for shows he doesn't like. Norby Williamson was also directly involved in some of ESPN's highest profile talent departures over the last decade. We're talking about people like Bill Simmons, Dan Levitard, Jamel Hill, and Michelle Beadle. But there is also a reason why none of those people took shots at Williamson while they were still at ESPN. They have said things about him since they left. They made jokes, they made comments, they've said things. But none of them did it while they were at ESPN. And the reason for that is simple. Norby Williamson is one of the longest tenured employees at ESPN. 
He literally started in the mailroom in 1985. He worked his way all the way up the chain, and he's one of the highest level executives at the company today. He oversees all of ESPN's event and studio productions, including things like SportsCenter and all of the company's football content today. Now, of course, that didn't stop Pat McAfee. Pat posted a clip from Scarface on Twitter the following day, essentially insinuating that ESPN needs him more than he needs them. McAfee then doubled down a few days later, saying he has a great relationship with executives across Disney and ESPN, like Bob Iger, Jimmy Pataro, and Burke Magnus. Burke Magnus actually flew to Indianapolis and was in the box for the Colts game where Pat McAfee has a box later that weekend. But Pat McAfee again doubled down. He said in that same breath that he does not like Norby Williamson and probably will never get along with him. This behavior would typically be an automatic firing for anyone at ESPN. Anyone. But Pat McAfee is in a unique position where A, he doesn't need ESPN, and B, ESPN needs him. That's obviously a very powerful combo. Now, let's look at ESPN's financials to paint a better picture around why they need Pat McAfee. ESPN, some of you will remember, released its financials for the first time ever last year. The numbers told us that the worldwide leader in sports is still printing cash. They're making a hell of a lot of money. They recorded $16 billion in revenue in 2022 and a nearly $3 billion profit. For context, that's significantly less revenue than the $40 billion in revenue that Disney's entertainment division does. We're talking about streaming, TV networks, movie studios, et cetera. Basically everything outside of ESPN on the entertainment side. That business brought in $40 billion, whereas ESPN brought in $16 billion. But those divisions, the entertainment divisions, streaming, TV networks, movies, et cetera, are bleeding cash. And ESPN actually brought in more profit on the ESPN side than it did in all of the entertainment divisions. So on a profit basis, ESPN brought in, again, nearly $3 billion in annual profit in 2022, compared to just $2.1 billion for streaming TV, movies, and more. So the margins are much better at ESPN than they would be in some of the other business units, particularly because a business like streaming is losing so much money year over year. But while ESPN is still printing cash, I mean, $3 billion in annual profit is tremendous. It's a lot of money. It also doesn't tell the full story. We all know the cable business is dying. More than 30 million households in the United States have dropped cable over the last decade. And ESPN's business of collecting affiliate fees isn't nearly as good as it once was. ESPN has tried to offset this decline by launching its own streaming services, ESPN+. Plus. That service now has 25 million subscribers, which sounds great. But they also lost subscribers for the first time ever in the second quarter of last year. And many people, this is an important point, many people are only signing up for it because it's essentially free when you include it as part of the bundle, right? The Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu package. When you include ESPN Plus in that, it's essentially free, right? So if someone wants to go in and they want to sign up specifically for Disney Plus, they're just going to buy the bundle because they're going to get Hulu and ESPN Plus on top of it for a couple extra dollars a month. But this is also precisely why ESPN signed Pat McAfee to a five-year, $85 million contract in the first place. McAfee brings ESPN exactly what they are missing, a digital-first product that specifically targets a younger generation of sports fans. We're talking about the 18 to 45-year-olds, the people that spend money on sports setting, and so much more. So you can say what you want about McAfee. I get it. He's loud, he's brash, and he certainly isn't everyone's cup of tea. But he has also built a massive audience over the last few years, independently, and that doesn't happen by accident. This drama is also par for the course when it comes to ESPN. ESPN has tried several times to expand their audience by partnering with what we'll call edgier brands. I'm sure some of you remember Barstool Van Talk that they did with ESPN. 
But then ESPN cancels the contracts when those edgy brands start acting, well, edgy. My point is that this is what they signed up for. There is now more sports content available to consumers than ever before. YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, podcasts. These mediums have eaten into ESPN's business, and they've made shows like SportsCenter less valuable than ever before. That's why Pat McAfee ultimately feels invincible. He doesn't think ESPN needs him. He knows that ESPN needs him. But that doesn't mean that ESPN doesn't provide him a lot of value, too. It's essential to remember that Pat McAfee's deal with ESPN is a licensing deal. That means he still owns all of the content. He still owns all of the intellectual property. He still pays all of his employees. And he himself is ultimately responsible for the reputation of his show. ESPN doesn't own it. They're just renting it from Pat McAfee. But it also means that ESPN is helping McAfee grow an asset that he himself will own long term. Think about it this way. McAfee went from being on YouTube primarily, where you have to go out of your way to find his show, to now being on ESPN, a cable channel in over 70 million households in the United States alone, including virtually every bar, hotel, resort, casino, etc. around the country. ESPN has also been promoting McAfee's content to their more than 100 million followers on social media. McAfee's contract includes a weekly spot on College Game Day, which is viewed by an average of 2 million people every single week. ESPN also builds him a custom set each week at different college campuses around the country. And he's done the field pass for big games on ESPN too, most recently the Rose Bowl and even the National Championship. All of those things, plus other things, provide tremendous value to Pat McAfee. But more importantly, they align the incentives between the two parties, ESPN and McAfee. ESPN gets to attract a younger audience as it tries to transition its business from cable to streaming. And McAfee gets to expand the size of his audience tremendously while, this is an important point here, still making $85 million over five years, maintaining ownership of his show at the end of the five years, and getting to take whatever audience he grew during those five years with him. So yeah, ESPN is going to let McAfee bend the rules. He maintains ownership of the show, and he gets to drop the occasional F-bomb on live television. But that's just the way it's going to be. Not necessarily because people want it to be that way, but the money and incentives are too strong for this partnership to end anytime soon. And I would be shocked, I would be shocked if it ended within the next 12 months or in the next 24 months. The money and business behind this deal is too strong for both parties, both ESPN and McAfee, for it to end anytime soon even if McAfee has a history of leaving deals early. If you enjoyed this breakdown, please do me a favor and share it with your friends and leave me a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening to this episode. Let me know what you're enjoying so far and what I could be doing better. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk on Friday.